I'm Nicole McCants, a psychologist turned business coach for psychotherapists. It was not long ago when I was in solo private practice, seeing way too many clients feeling overwhelmed and burnt out. In 2016, when I became pregnant with twins, I knew I had to scale to a group practice because I couldn't keep working that much. I was sick of hitting the ceiling in my income and knew that the only way to make more money and help more people was expanding my practice. In three short years, I was able to scale it to 55 therapists and multiple seven figures. Once I was able to reach that goal, I had to take it to my peers. I'm here to teach you how to scale your solo practice to a group or take your group practice to the next level. We didn't learn anything about business in graduate school. So I created the Business Savvy Therapist podcast where I share easy to implement, business and marketing strategies so you can help more people, make more money, and have more freedom. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Business Savvy Therapist. Today, I'm doing another round of live coaching, and today I'm speaking to Angela. Angela, welcome to the show. Hi, so excited to be here. Yes. Why don't you tell them who you are, where you're from, your credential, and how many people in your group practice right now? Right. So I am a registered clinical counselor in BC, so I got my master's degree in clinical counseling from the University of British Columbia. It was a great program, got lots of training before we graduated, and shortly after I finished my thesis, I decided that I wanted to open a private practice. So the first thing that I did was like I found a little sublet situation in Yale Town, which is a kind of like ritzy historical area in Vancouver. I don't know if you're familiar with Vancouver. That's kind of how I started. I started subletting from this woman, and then I moved into my own full-time office across the hall from her. And then I just started taking on subcontractors and just making a lot of mistakes along the way. At the moment, our niche is sex and relationships therapy and psychedelic assisted psychotherapy. So all of my clinicians are sex therapists. All of my clinicians are trained in psychedelics. So that's sort of like the area that we want to focus on because there's just like so many options out there for people. I want to give people a reason for why they should come to us. Yeah, I love it. So good. What sets you apart is really clear. Yeah. Okay. What is your first question? What can I help you with today? So my question is like, how do you lead people? How do you make people want to work really hard for you and to do Mm. things to the degree of care and quality that you're looking for without having to micromanage them? This is such a good question. Yeah. And take some work. Okay. What makes a good leader is really your question, right? Yeah. Because if you think about leadership is influence, it's influencing somebody to do something, isn't it? In the end. So I talk a lot about Angela, as you know, in the program, and even in this podcast, we want them to do the consult calls and to do the tracking and, you know, just to do things and follow the systems. And how do you influence them to actually do it? Well, I think that for you to inspire action, number one, is I believe, first, there's like no high hierarchy. I personally think you want to be authentic and for them to connect, right? They're not going to buy into your vision if they don't like you because they're not even going to hear your vision because who you're being is speaking louder than your vision. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Think of your own self. I don't think like you would buy in if you didn't actually 
connect with the person. That's number one. Do you feel like they connect with you, your current team? Yeah, we say like we're very friends with each other. Like we love, we're like really good friends with each other. And nice. I, I almost, like That's sometimes nice. I worry, like, is that a pitfall? Like, because people say, you know, shit, mm. business with your friends. Like, actually, can we talk about that? Somebody asked that the other day. So I'm biased, but. I also like you. I was invited to their weddings. Like that was the best compliment, right? Because it was important to me. I also wanted to love the place where I work. And it's about the people. I used to do corporate trainings. They didn't always like the job, but they always said, I stay for the people. People stay for the people. I think it becomes too much if you're hanging out... Like, let's go to the movies, just the two of us. Like, do you know what I mean? So we would go for lunch, but it would be contained in the workspace. And I wouldn't overshare. I think that's really key. I wouldn't overshare aspects of me because I wanted to... It's almost like this attachment, you know how the attachment you have with like your friends? I wanted just to create a bit of space where like I still am a leader you know, and, mm-hmm. and this, this isn't a friendship. So, but I think what's really key, cause I've spent the last four months with you and I'm glad you asked this. Cause I've seen, you know, what's come up in your life for the last four months. I feel the best leaders share the power. The best leaders share the power. And what I mean is ask your therapist guys what they think. So for example, let's say you're contemplating Angela offering requiring credit card when they book an appointment, okay? Rather than just doing it at your next team meeting, being like, hey guys, you're in the trenches. You know, you're the ones doing the calls. I'm wondering what you think about this. I was thinking about making this change. What do you think? Because it gives them this sense that they're actually part of a team and it's not a dictatorship, that their words matter, that their opinion matters, and then they're actually fueling the vision because otherwise it's just your vision. You're just telling them what to do. As opposed to like, what do you guys think? And giving them space to talk and brainstorm, it's beautiful. Yeah, on that. So I have clinical team meetings once a month and they're about an hour and a half, two hours. Like I think at this point they need to be two hours because we have five therapists, right? And like, I'm tempted to like kind of give some sort of like announcement and sort of like overall sort of like updates to the company. And sometimes that can take up like a whole hour, especially if I have something to say about like my perspectives on like retention and how I do retention. And my issue is like, I also have this clinic supervisor who I kind of expect him to lead this clinical team meeting. It's meant to be the supervision thing as well. Mm -hmm. So I almost wonder, like, do you recommend that I separate into two meetings where it's like, but I don't know if I can get people. The thing is like, I don't know if I can get everyone to come to the office twice a week to do these like group meetings, you know what I mean? Mm. And but at yeah. the same time, my struggles like, okay, I'm paying my supervisor to lead these meetings, but why am I leading half of it? <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So just so I'm clear, because we I had mine separate, like there was supervision where yeah. you come, you present cases, and then there was the clinic meeting. Right. Let's talk about the clinic meeting first, just for a sec. Mm-hmm. You are right. The housekeeping stuff, I would try to condense it into 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we would do 40 minutes of training. And there was kind of like a delineation. And here's the thing, Angela, we're all kind of nerds, let's be honest. So therapists love to learn and they would show up to the clinic meeting for the training. So we would have 20 minutes where I would just try to say it like, hey guys, here's an update. We did this, we changed this. What's your, you know, any comments? What's your opinion about this and that? Now, just as a quick aside, you are building a self-operating company. You're setting up all the systems I'm giving you. When I say ask for their opinion, obviously you're not going to say, oh, what do you, like you're building this. 
based on what the life that you want, right? Mm -hmm. But it's the little things that they're going to have a say in. Does that make sense? Yeah. So could you do 20 minutes maybe, and then you almost say, okay, guys, for the next 40, I'm going to talk about retention. And then that's recorded for those that don't show. Mm -hmm. Ours was on Zoom, by the way. More people show up. Because some people were off and you know what I mean? Like their schedules were all over. So we just did it on Zoom and everything was recorded. And then you have a library of of your trainings for all Mm -hmm. the new people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's helpful. And then, so that's one hour. That's one hour once a month. One hour. I was able to do one hour with 55 people, but it was like really, I had my notes. I was like, okay, these are all the things we're talking about. I didn't want to, you know why? I didn't want to overwhelm them with all the things. So I did spread out some of the changes strategically. So like what I do is like I buy lunch for people and I make it sort of this like corporate tea sort of team bonding sort of experience. And like we get to check in with each other. And like, I feel like that incentivizes people to come and participate. Mm -hmm. And now I'm worried, okay, if I change things, are people going to show up? So that might be just like my fear sort of voice for speaking. But I like that your your team is so beautiful and connected and small. Maybe this is perfect right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I just didn't have I couldn't do check-ins, obviously. Yeah, at that time. Yeah, we check in with each other. It's quite an intimate group. Like my clinic supervisor was saying to me, like, I think these are like one of the major perks of like working for you, Angela. Like, you have created such like a beautiful like culture and stuff. And like, I have other people sort of like raving about the brand and like doing my selling for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so exciting. So. Tell me about the second hour. Is that where it happens? Supervision happens? Okay. So I find like if I'm not like super like policey about this, like people don't come in with their case consultations, you know, like then it's just like, oh, I'm fine. I don't have anything. Like, And it's like, are you sure? Like, are you sure you just haven't thought about it? Right. Like, right. Like, you know, like what am I paying Daniel $180 an hour for, right? You, for right. Have fun, you know, like that's kind of what it feels like. Why are you offering supervision then? Well, I told my supervisor, like, I want to make sure that people are providing quality care, that they're supported. Like, I'm offering value for, like, why should you work for me? Like, why not just, like, work by yourself? Because people often want to have this team environment, right? A hundred percent. The only reason I ask is I was, I was doing the supervising back then. So at the beginning, and I would do it weekly, but mm-hmm. it's like reading the room. So if the room is like, oh, I have nothing to share. I was kind of like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do an anonymous pool. Maybe they actually don't want to do this. And I'm assuming that they want to do this. And I did a pool and I said, hey guys, do you want to come every two weeks? Maybe it's not weekly. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I asked. Here I am assuming all these things. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it might be worth just being like, hey, maybe we offer it, but spread it out. Or maybe just those who need the hours attend because some people might need supervision Mm -hmm. and some others won't. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know what? And here's the thing. Don't you prefer that they see a client anyway? If they're like, you know what? I'd rather just see a client. And you're like, yes, please. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In that time. I think at this point, like, I think we still want to, because I also have like a somatic, she's a somatic intimacy coach. At the moment, what I want is like for people to get kind of get to know each other's work. Like, what are you good at? Like, what are the kind of clients that you're really like grooving with? So we can send each other cross referrals Mm -hmm. and stuff, right? So, and like, now that I'm speaking about it, like, I feel like I want more of that to happen. Like, hey, fine. If you don't have any problems, let's just like talk about a success case. So we know like what you're good at. Yes, totally. Yes. Everyone listening, the group supervision was amazing. Even me, I was like, Ooh, it sounds like this mom that's really stuck. You over here see kids. Why don't we bring the child in? You know, I think that's part of the problem is actually the child and we can support the child kind of thing. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. Again, like people don't think of this until I prompt it, right? Like, hey, we could be sending each other cross referrals. Like the, yeah. the stressed out practicum student who's stressing out about the like not getting enough clients, like, hello. I mean, there's like a thousand people in like our roster of like people that have seen us at the clinic ever. Like yeah. someone has to have like a parent or a friend or someone that could use some low low cost counseling. Right. Yeah. At the beginning, I was the one doing it. Just so you know, it's normal. I was the one pointing, but over time they got used to it. They're like, oh wait. And then they took that on. I was modeling it Mm. for quite a while. And then it did become something that they took over where it was natural to be like, oh, you know what? You'd be perfect for this person. Have you been to a masterclass yet? Let's hang out. I would love to teach you exactly how I grew a seven figure group practice that ran without me so you can finally have the freedom and flexibility that you deserve. If you show up live, I will give you a life-changing guide called Three Ways to Increase Your Income This Month. The link to register is in the show notes. See you there. Okay, I do want to get to your second question. Do you want to jump into your second one? Yeah, I really wanted to ask you this one. So thank you for prompting me. How or why did you decide it was right for you to sell your practice? And why didn't you keep on going with the brand that you created? Yeah, this is such a good question. So I actually did a podcast episode about this this week. So this is being recorded uh, in October. But anyway, there is a podcast episode on this. I would go in there because I walk you through the whole story. You will probably get an offer on your practice, by the way. So prepare yourself. One of our members, Renee, she got two. She's already had two offers, guys, and she has eight therapists. I want you to know, Angela, I didn't want... It wasn't in my mind to sell. I was building something. I had a a vision and I was on a mission to make a certain revenue goal. And then somebody approached me and he was a psychiatrist And my friend had actually sold her clinic to him. And she said, he's interested in purchasing your Toronto clinic. And I said, no. And she's like, okay, I'm not even going to give you the details because I know you're not interested because I was on a mission. But I watched her sell, like build it, sell, get paid. I watched these new people give everybody pensions and benefits, like things that I couldn't do. I, I wasn't this huge conglomerate like they were. And then she asked me again. and. I was like, no. But then like, you know, when life knocks on your door with like a really, really big, huge prize, <laughs> do you say no to that? I don't know. My account, one of my accountants was like, don't do it. Don't you're on a growth phase. Don't never sell during a growth phase. Mm-hmm. But my other one said, Nicole, I do mergers and acquisitions all the time. If you tell him to wait a year or two, you could lose them. It happens all of the time, especially during COVID. I would, th- th- this is a lifetime opportunity, do it. And then I talked to my husband and I'm like, oh my God, this is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then of course, I also sold the brand. Like Angela, it was so cool. When you sell your clinic, you literally walk out. See everything behind you. You have such a beautiful, I'm watching Angela on video, everybody. She has the most beautiful office. That's kind of the weird thing. You literally sell everything. I sold the picture. I sold the couch. I sold my like my throw pillow. They, they buy everything. They take over the lease, the contained everything in the, this containment called clinic you sell, which was kind of nice because I literally just left. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, just waved my hand and said, it was amazing, guys. Yeah. Okay. So I'm hearing you say you just kind of, kind of like, it felt like the right thing to do and you weren't like attached to keep on, to kind of keep on going with it. Yeah. It was like about a year decision, but it took a while to get there. 
Oh, it took you a year I was to able make to let it go. Decision. It did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. I mean, like, I would be curious about what I would do if I was in that position. I'm sure it was yeah. a hard decision to make. A very hard decision to make. It was the people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I will say that, you know, I'm here to make a difference. And so now I'm just helping therapists. So I think that, you know, like there's always going to be something else that shows up that fulfills that, that like purpose, you know, that you're here for. Yeah. Thank you. Would you say that you're content with your decision and like that freed up like some mental space for you to do something else? I mean, obviously you've started something else now, which is amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm actually, it's so funny how life is because in this moment, do you feel like your purpose is to be a therapist? Like this is your purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also sense you feel that your purpose is to also do a TED talk and have a book, right? And do all these other things. Yeah. And so I felt that too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That this actually feels like what I'm really supposed to do just in this chapter of my life. That's all. Mm. I mean, I don't know if I would ever let go of seeing clients because I feel like, I feel like my purpose here on earth is just to be of service to people. And I want to see where I can continue to go with this. Like, even if I just maintain seeing people once a week or twice a week or something. Exactly. But we'll see. Maybe, maybe we'll see when I, when we get there. Amazing. It sounds like you just want the freedom and the flexibility to do the therapy a little bit. You know what I mean? Like just help the people when you're your best self. Do you want to share with everybody? I love asking like when you came into the clinic growth map, share a little bit, you know, around where you were four months ago and where you are now. I would say that before I signed on to this uh, business coaching program that you have, Nicole, I was just kind of like spinning my wheels in terms of like how to get the proper guidance that I needed. Like it, it didn't feel right to ask my friends in Vancouver who are also private practice owners because it's like, why would they help me? Like they're trying to build their own thing, right? right. Probably have better right. things to do. And you know, I'm, people are kind as well, right? I think if I probably asked them some questions, they would absolutely answer me. Absolutely. But I think I needed more comprehensive support <laughs> rather than less like polyky here and there sort of support. I just was like ready for like that next thing. And I could sort of tune in and out depending on how busy I am. Yeah. And like, I always feel like there's someone answering my questions. And like the more that I put into the program, the more cohesively I can sort of put together this vision of like, what is the problems I'm trying to fix in my practice? What are the problems? And sort of, and often like having, just having like a sounding board was really helpful. And there's like many opportunities to do that, whether it's like with leadership and mindset coaching or with the um, peer support or accountability support. And it did take me a while to kind of sort of get into the groove of like figuring out the program, you know, and I also took like a bunch of time off and I went to Burning Man in August and then I did, did my Tantra training in September. So sometimes, and like, what was nice about it is like, if I missed a couple meetings, like someone on your team was like, Hey, we noticed you missed a couple. <laughs> You're the best. It's the best. Yeah. And like with you, Nicole, like, I feel like you're tracking me. I don't know how you do it. So I think this is like another question if we have time is like, how do you, like, how did you get everyone so on the same page as you in terms of this business coaching program? I know you already answered this in some capacity before, which is like, okay, therapy clinic is different. You're not trying to necessarily create like a mini me. People can specialize in their own areas. But like, I was just so deeply impressed by just how everyone is just like on it. They're just like working hard for you. Yeah. Wow. I feel that too. And they're literally conduits of me. Yeah. Like they're saying my answers. A really good 
FAQ sheet, which I think you'll have like in your clinic where, because you get the same questions and then the odd time of Voxer, do you use Voxer yet? The odd time they'll Vox me and then I'll give them an answer. And then they, it kind of funnels down like to you. Voxer is the best. I mean, we tend to kind of like, like we're mostly chatting with each other on Google spaces more than Voxer. I try to get people on Voxer, but it's just like not sticking. (laughs) Yeah. Eventually Voxer is good for like a quick, let's just get into it for a second, like chat. It's more complex issue rather than typing out five paragraphs. But I would say a really, really good training people who care. It all goes back to a really good hiring model, which I give you. Do you know what I mean? Like hiring the people that are fully committed to the vision to your vision in this case. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, I hope all of this was helpful. It was amazing having you as a guest. Thank you so much, Nicole. My pleasure. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Business Savvy Therapist podcast. I hope this episode was helpful. I would be so grateful if you would share this with a peer or colleague that is wanting to help more people make more money and have more freedom. Make sure to subscribe so you do not miss any new episodes and please do leave me a review. It would mean the world to me. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you in the next one.